Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Weekly Cheek Podcast. It's so stooping to the tropes and the stereotypes that they want female politicians to play into. I just struggle to see in any of her conduct over her time in Parliament where she's really rooting for women. I got so fucking angry about this. I was running and literally like my heart rate like spiked. You and it was like, it was like, you are in anaerobic mode. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm just fucking angry. I just got a weird wave of like nervousness. I don't know why. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> okay. Welcome back to the Weekly Cheek Podcast. Welcome. Welcome. Um, in this episode, we're going to be discussing the question and probably answering it because we're we have lots of answers. So many answers. So many answers. Is it possible to productively critique problematic women? Well, I guess, yeah, or like, can we or should we or how do we as well? How? Yes, yes. I mean, what's your answer? Yes. I think we should be. Yeah. Yeah. So we um, asked this in a poll on our mm-hmm. Instagram, at Cheek Media Co. If you're not following, Hannah will read the question. So well, essentially, question. I asked a couple. The first one I asked was, is it productive to critique problematic women? 84% said yes. Mm-hmm. 16% said no. Then I just asked for people's general thoughts about as if that's a huge question. I was just like, what is your sort of, like, elaborate on your response to that. Like, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. Now, I have a diversity of responses. One I really like, they're all anonymous, of course. If you'd like to not be anonymous and you'd like to be your username to be added <laughs> in future, let Stay. us know. Yeah. <laughs> um, someone said, it's almost infantilizing not to, like that she couldn't know better because she's a woman. Love that. Yes. Mm. That's actually someone I know too, so we'll Shout cut that out. out. Shout out, great comment. Someone said everyone needs to be held accountable, but using misogyny to critique problematic women is bad. Okay, I, well, I don't um, definitely actively try to not do that. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> hmm. Someone said constructive critique is central to f- constructive critique is central to feminism. Um, someone has said let's start with the problematic men. Fuck knows they're the ones doing the damage. Okay, I have thoughts on that one. Actually, I'll add to that. Someone else said, women have gone through enough focus on destroying the patriarchy first. But I will say that the majority of responses are saying what is central to feminism is critique Mm -hmm. and that women are not exempt from criticism and that it's important that people are not immune to that sort of criticism because um, because they're part of some sort of minority. Okay, I I think that women can, women can like reinforce the patriarchy and also women can do a lot of damage. I mean, I actually find that comment quite, the idea of that quite problematic because to me that is insinuating that we shouldn't critique women until we've critiqued all the men. Yeah, let's let's come in for an examination one by one and then when we're done with the paperwork on your side of things, yeah. we'll start with us. Yes. And also it kind of, um, I guess, like you can do both at the same time like it's not like oh i'm going to be critiquing five people today so they must all be men also i think that white feminism is in oftentimes a double agent for the patriarchy yes so true queen um yes i think that uh, i've said this on the podcast before and i really i don't like it but it, it is it's just me trying to be honest but i do hold women to a higher standard than i hold men to okay. And because of that, it is my personal belief that women can actually do more damage to feminism than men can because, oh, I think white feminism is a really good example of that. But specifically, if 
a woman says something like, well, women are equal, so I don't see the point of feminism. It has much more weight behind it when a woman is saying it than when a man is, man is saying it. Because then you'll have all of these people who had that idea in the first place, who said, who appoint and be like, look, a woman said it. Mm. So that that ends it, that solves it. So you are all, all of the rest of everybody is yeah. wrong. I think a great point of this, sorry, I'm going to divert straight away. I think a great point of this is Julie Bishop. Yes. Because I think that, you know, and it's interesting because we I recently asked a few poll questions. This was a few weeks ago now, so it's not really something I want to refer to, but I just want to bring it up. The, the sort of feeling I got from a lot of the responses was when Julie Bishop became an ambassador for Barbie recently, mm. and she had her own Barbie doll made after her, which there's a whole layer yeah. of problems. It's a very complex issue concerning fucking Barbie in the first place. Yeah. But essentially a lot of people have problems with, like, well, how does she represent, like, you know, empowered role model women. Like, how is that? Mm. How is Julie Bishop a good representation of that? And I think it's because a lot of people at the moment, and I, I, I'm on this train. I, I know it's, I shouldn't be. I know in some ways it's problematic, but I have a massive issue with Julie Bishop coming out now and being this sort of empowered, um, you know, woman who stands for gender equality and speaks out against parliament and what happens in p women's experiences in politics mm -hmm. after she spent 20 years in the Liberal Party and often as one of the only women in cabinet. And for her to come out now and obviously the big swinging dicks, like it's, again, I applaud her for coming out now when she's outside of politics and saying all this, but it, it kind of falls on deaf ears for me because she had such an opportunity. And again, I know it's a challenge to ch like to um, subvert the status quo in your own workplace and there are a lot of different pressures, especially in that sort of environment. But I just struggle to see how she can come out now and say all these things as if, you know, she was always engaged in these issues. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of, she's just like, when it's convenient to her. Mm. Like you're, you're a feminist now that's convenient to you. For your brand. Yes. And also she just, you know, has always seemed to me as someone who is so blind to her privilege mm. and is like almost like the most privileged you can be yeah. without being a man. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, was, you know, very high powered. She's now getting paid like fucking who knows how much money in her various roles, um, you know, and is like the chancellor of one of A Australia's like yep. most prestigious university, most likely. Um, <laughs> In someone's opinion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless you have heard of UQ. I don't know. It's just a little uni. Some like, heard of it. Sandstone. It's a sandstone. I was going to say it's made of sandstone. <laughs> anyway. Um, yes. So she, like, I just don't think there's any space for feminism anymore that's not intersectional. And the people who are, you know, supporters and perpetuate the idea of white feminism like you're not a feminist like she i don't want to hear her voice injected to into this argument anymore yeah and so i want to talk about a little show that most people who are listening have probably watched but you know if you haven't you should definitely watch it i've really enjoyed um the episodes that i've watched there's only four i think misrepresented so it's Ms. Space represented very clever, ABC. Very <laughs> clever. I have a major crush on Annabelle Crab. Mm. Um, I could watch her all day. I could listen to her all day. I actually, the day I watched Miss Represented, I spent the entire day listening to her, like the audiobook, her read her audio, her book, The Wife Drought. Mm -hmm. I spent like five hours listening to the audiobook 
put it on pause, made some dinner, and then watched all four episodes of Misrepresented in a row. And I was like, is this sad? Imagine if she knew this. Annabella, if you're listening... <laughs> Send us a DM because Hannah will die. If you would sign something for me and mail it to me, I'll give you my <laughs> mailing address. It mean a lot. Um, but essentially... Um, misrepresented. There's a podcast to match the show, um, but I find that I really liked the show, um, especially. And essentially, they interview many women in politics. Like, and everyone, it, it's interesting because everyone has basically a title underneath their name. It's like, it says their name, who they like, how long they were a politician for, and like MP these years. And then it usually has a first woman to okay. do what mm-hmm. so there's like first woman to be minister for defense um first woman to be um deputy uh, prime minister it like literally it feels like everyone is the first mm-hmm. to do something mm-hmm. and they're m- all still alive and like in prime years by the way by the way and they were saying like there wasn't a i thought it was really really interesting there wasn't a toilet a women's toilet until 1974 what the fuck oh, i know there was like this whole um anecdote where one um, woman in parliament would sprint the four minutes home to go to the toilet, like in a lunch break. Oh my God. That's horrible. Yeah. Um, but essentially this is sort of stuck with me. There was a few comments that really, really resonated with me. And I thought, Oh, that's fascinating. I'd never thought of that before. And like, that's the thing. It's not just the classic, you know, a lot of the time we hear interviews with Julia Gillard where it's like, you know, the most interesting question that's asked is something about the misogyny speech, which obviously that's mentioned. It's brought up as actually a really emotional scene. I got only teary. It was lovely. Um, When you're saying scene, I thought you meant the speech. I was like, that wasn't a scene. That's real. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, sometimes we're limited to those things where we think of iconic moments and we don't really get into the detail of that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But there's this particular scene that part of the interview with Julie Bishop, now you got me into the word scene, that I really thought, that really says it all to me. And so earlier in the series, in one of the first episodes, Julie Bishop talks about gender deafness and her experiences and blah, blah, blah. And she's being really hardcore feminist. And like, you can see this whole transition into this new persona where she's just like, for the women, you know? Yeah. Later in the show, which I fucking love this, Annabelle Crabb sort of prods Julie a bit because she's saying like, essentially she's, clearly talking about a specific moment in um, the House of Reps during question time, I'm pretty sure. And she's kind of circling the subject and Julie instantly knows what she's talking about. I didn't. I don't even think I was very young when this happened. I don't really remember it. Mm -hmm. But essentially, Julie immediately was like, I know what you're going to say. And like, uh, and she really tries to avoid talking about it. Like the cracks appear so, so quickly. It's almost painful to watch. Oh my God. And Annabelle didn't even ask the question. She was just like, can you point to it with one hand? And Julie was like, I know what you're doing. And you can feel this like burning tension in the, in the room. Like truly, I don't know if I'm making it more dramatic. Sorry, Annabelle, but it really, it felt like that to me. Um, and essentially, there's a moment in Question Time, it must have been like 2013 or something, and Julia Gillard is speaking, and I, I don't really remember the context of what she's saying, but you can see Julie Bishop, and it was quite a big deal in the media at the time, but she cat claw gestures to Julia. She does like a... Wow. Yes. Oh my God. She full on gets like a claw. Ugh, I hate that. Julie's response to Annabelle bringing this up like plainly gets just like so stone cold. Like you can feel the energy just like rush. Just so different, right? The whole room feels like it changes. And Julie just goes, well, she insulted my intelligence. So, oh, like just full backs it. Oh my God. 
That's so fucked. I literally before, like, I was in my head like, I can't wait to tell you this. Because obviously I've been like, watch misrepresented, watch misrepresented. Yeah, we saved, Hannah saved the um, the reproduction story. of the yes. story for the pod. I was going to get up and imitate it, but obviously I didn't like. But yeah, it's so interesting. Oh my God. And it's a full on like, Row! like it's like. She I- is a 60 something year old adult. I know. And that's what she said. Well, she insulted me. And something about that that fucking bothers me is it's so stooping to the tropes and the stereotypes that they want female politicians to play into. Yeah. And you know, when we see things in the media about like Gladys versus Anastasia mm-hmm. and all this sort of stuff, it's like, that is exactly the kind of thing we're trying to avoid. Yeah. Like we, I, I understand that it's painful that like we're expected to rise above in order to be treated mm-hmm. equally, but that is a prime example of women not supporting women. And that's exactly why i'm i'm constantly like maybe i'm being too harsh on julie like maybe we i should just be you know when people want to better themselves and they want to change you know their tune a bit we should be supporting that like maybe we should say okay great now you're on our team yeah let's go but then when i watched that i was like fuck off this is a media persona and i just smell that it's fake i can just it is an overwhelming whiff of fakeness yes and like in to tie back to like some of the comments that you read the messages submissions from our followers who said like things like you know we should um you know deal with the men first it's one thing to see that kind of commentary from murdoch media but that is it is on a complete different level to see it from like a woman herself in terms of insulting another or being disrespectful towards another woman Mm. like you know like Fucking Murdoch Media is the scum of the earth, and they were probably, I don't know if they were worse in 2013. They could probably get away with more, like, overt sexism and, um, you know, racism and all the isms, really, just, like, overt offensive language and behaviour. But, like, fuck, like, I know that, you know, I shouldn't be holding her to a special standard, but don't, don't fucking stoop as low as Murdoch Media. Are you actually fucking kidding me? A grown woman. That is something that you like. You would say when you have an argument with your sibling when you're five. Exactly. That is like year nine shit. Yes. I hate that. And it would have been so easy for her to say, yes, I know that I did it. Because it's, it's documented. Like, yeah. It's there. They, they showed the footage. Exactly. In, in print, in video form. But she could have said, that was really embarrassing. Yes. But she clearly still stands by it. It was, but it wasn't even like a standby. It it was just like, ultimately she just went straight on the defense and I could just feel like the blood rush from her face. Like she, it was kind of like a fight or flight response and you could just see that she was like back it. Also, why did she not expect that was going to come off? Exactly. And, and I think that that's part of the reason that sometimes I feel so jaded about all of this is like... I remember when we first started discussing Julie Bishop and you would say a lot of things like, well, I just think that while she was in the party, like, and I remember you took a big problem, especially with when, you know, people would outwardly say like, do you think Tony Abbott's a misogynist? Yeah. And she would be like, no, like to the press, no. And you were like, well, that's bullshit. Like he clearly is. And and, in the- she, and afterwards she came out and said that he was a misogynist. Yes. And I get that you're sort of saying like, well, she should have said it at the time. Well, of course she wasn't going to, she'd lose her job. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and at and the time that. she was probably the only woman in cabinet or one of very few and she was in the highest position like she was the first woman to be deputy deputy prime minister yeah so like i and i was kind of like well that's not fair because i understand that especially in, in like a toe the party line situation you're not going to come out and say your boss is a misogynist to the whole of the fucking country mm-hmm. it's not productive and i don't think it'll do anything except harm her yeah right yeah so i was always just like oh well, that's not really fair like blah, blah, blah and at least now she's coming out and changing her tune 
But I just struggle to see in any of her conduct over her time in parliament where she's really rooting for women. Yeah. I truly just struggle to see how you can be a extremely conservative liberal party and someone who's dominating, like she was the first um, woman to be uh, foreign, foreign minister. minister and deputy prime minister. And I just think like those, th those are clearly precedential moments. Like they're huge historically. And yet... I don't in any of her conduct or actions or words just ever see that reflected until no. now, until it's, it's, it's great for, you know, book sales and, you know, Barbie ambassadorships to be like the big swinging dicks. Commercial feminism. I really don't have any time for her. And I feel like my opinion of her, even though I'm aware of like perhaps some, um, you know, hypocrisy um, and I definitely wouldn't let any man off the hook who like, Tony Abbott, for example, even though, to be honest, lately, I'm like, Tony Abbott really wasn't that bad compared to what we have now. Um, but like, I don't let him off the hook because I don't let him off the hook in order to critique Julie Bishop. Mm. I think they are both like Tony Abbott is awful. I can't stand him. And the only reason I don't have more fiery rage towards him is because I haven't heard about him for a while. And Julie Bishop is still in, you know, around and I see her often. And I just feel like she is totally capitalizing on feminism being mainstream now and is like swooping to the party because she, yes, happened to be a woman in the Liberal Party, but she was not for women. Like, I don't know any woman. I have like cons more conservative leaning women in my life who I know who don't feel that, who didn't feel that Julie Bishop um, represented them at all. And that's really saying something because those are people who vote for the Liberal Party. That's really interesting. I think that's a good point. But she's just, I just, uh, it, makes, it just makes me so mad because I think that it's, you're so right. She's just capitalizing on feminism now that it's like cool. It's, it's, and allowed. It's aligned for her now. It aligns with her brand. Exactly. It's helpful for her now that she's not in politics to be like popular among like younger women. Exactly. But I think we see through it. Yeah, but I wonder if um, everyone does. Like, um, like older people, maybe. I don't know if everyone. I wonder. I. I just wonder if I was a staffer in the Liberal Party and, and something happened to me. If mm -hmm. I went and told Julie Bishop what, at the time, what would the response have been? Yeah. Well, interesting you bring that up because I don't because I li I've listened to like one and a half episodes of the Misrepresented podcast, mm -hmm. which is quite different, I understand, to the TV mm -hmm. show. And there is a part in it where Julie Banks is talking about a young staffer, mm -hmm. a young woman, um, and basically she said she was walking down the hallways of Parliament House, ran into a male um, MP or senator who is like a senior person they had something to discuss she discussed it with him and then he was with a young woman who she said was probably in her early 20s and he rubbed this woman on the back like slowly she said like creepily or some language like that she used and said oh have you met so and so she's my like young intern and then julia banks said that this young woman shot her a look that was like don't Help. say anything yeah that's what she said. Don't say anything. Not help. Sorry, that's Julie, very different. You're right. I know. Julia Banks, this is very important because I was like, because at this at the start, I was like, okay, that's fucked. But then when I really thought about it, I was like, it's extra fucked. But so she looks her in the eye 
This is Julia Banks telling the story. Julia Banks says, she looks me in the eye and she shoots me a look that says, don't say anything. And then Julia Banks says, and I knew that if I went and spoke to someone about this, that it would become worse for this young woman. And you and I fucking thought, I thought, why don't you go and find the woman and talk to her yourself face to face? I got so fucking angry about this. I was running and literally like my heart rate like spiked. And it was like, it was like, you are in anaerobic mode. And I'm like, no, I'm just fucking angry. I was so outraged because then, and like, I love Annabelle Crab too. But then she said in the podcast something like, oh, you know, if this is the, you know, if the woman is like scared to, and I was like, why are we assuming that that's what the look was? That's exactly what I was about to say to you when you said about, and that's why I said help. Yeah. Because my thought is, like, look, I know that we can communicate a lot with our eyes. I'm not here to dictate how many looks we are able to give. (laughs) But personally, I don't think there's a huge difference between help and don't say anything eyes. Agree. My eyes go a raised brow mm-hmm. and an alerted stare yep. indicating that something is wrong. Yes. But I don't think that we can easily as individuals, especially with a stranger, mm-hmm. dictate and dis- like make a distinction between I am alarmed yeah. and there is something wrong yep. and please do not fucking help me. Someone... <laughs> <laughs> if you help me, I will scream! <laughs> um, but like... <laughs> funny but it has to be because i will cry outrageous it is outrageous and we we make light of things because we're uncomfortable and angry um but like i just i'm like why and i I don't know again love annabelle crab but i'm like why didn't you ask why didn't you ask oh how do you know that was the look she was giving you i think that's because they just met that second i think the issue there is that if i was interviewing a politician about this sort of a thing it's a bit hard. I don't think – I think you're trying to facilitate a story. I don't mm-hmm. think you're trying to interrogate them on, like, well, what happened with their eyes. Yeah. Like, it's also a podcast. So, And I'm not saying that that's a reason why you shouldn't ask the question because I think I would have been a bit like, excuse me? Yes. But – Also, my, like, I should be – I should clarify again because I, I don't want to upset the, the person who wrote that that um, comment, is that mostly – that that senator or MP or whatever the fuck he was is like the biggest dickhead in the story. He's the worst. He's get he gets yeah, the prize sorry. for being the most Julia shit. for misreading. Julia I'm assuming Gans. she misread an eye. <laughs> Julia Banks is secondary to that because she's she in a didn't position even try. She didn't try to do anything. There are so because she's like basically her point was like oh and then I didn't want to get the that young woman into more trouble by going and telling someone. It's it, it, but like. My immediate thought would be like, I've clocked that. I'm going to go and find that person. Because like, follow up. She's an MP. Like, she could speak to it. She could come back and be like, I'd really like, like, it was great meeting your young intern earlier. I'd really like to show something we're working on because I think as like a young, you know, woman fresh to politics, I think she'd be really interested in blah. And obviously, I don't know the inner workings of politics. And I know they're all separate. I know they all have their own staff. I just don't think it's the most difficult thing in the world to check in on a young woman's safety. No, it isn't. Literally, literally, I will be on a fucking mode of public transport a bus or a train or a ferry or a fucking scooter i don't care and i will see another woman and i will see like especially like say a high school girl mm-hmm. and i'll see an older man next to her on the bus or something mm-hmm. and i will stare yeah 
I will stare, like the entire bus ride, I will clock it. And once I've locked in on that, I will stare for the 25 minutes Mm -hmm. to make sure. Because I want her to know that if there is the 1% chance of an issue, probably a higher percent because fucking men. But I want her to know that if she was to need to look at anyone and give don't say anything eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. That fucking infuriates me. That I would be available to look at. Yeah. Literally. And also that so that she knows it's like someone is noticing this potential issue that might arise. And I have no power. Yeah. I know that I'm a 23-year-old person in the world that doesn't really carry a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But if I can help someone in a more vulnerable position than me, I'd like to. Yes, exactly. And I just think that it's like – and again, like I tr- believe that this – it can exist – like two things can exist at once. We can – at the same time as we critique Julie Julie Banks for that, for doing that, which I think was the wrong thing to do, she made the wrong call and she didn't utilize the power that she has, we can still understand what a fucked position she was in when she got felt up by yeah. mysterious senior senator I or whatever. I have sports bit. Yes. I have some guesses. I know. Everyone has said them guesses. on the podcast, okay, because we'll get I will sued. never say them on the podcast, but I'll um, write them down and put them in a notebook somewhere, and then when it's revealed in a few years, I'll bring it out again, and I I'll know I was right. Say, we'll put it in a notebook, notebook, and then we'll tell you where to find it. We'll date it. Yeah, we'll exactly. bury it in a time capsule. Exactly. Um, but those two things can exist at once, and we can also recognise that while she never had the most power in Parliament House, that's, like, not a question of course she didn't as a woman um and as like someone who's obviously in poor favor with the prime minister scummo squat morrison um (laughs) but she had more power than what she like kind of insinuated that she had in that time because she insinuated in that time there's nothing that she could have done which i don't believe for a second that's incorrect also just like a funny reprieve um i have a colleague (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who and we were talking about this the other the same thing the mm. other day like we always like are checking like making sure that women are okay mm. or like young people or um you know marginalized groups particularly with like the police being um thing people mm. stuff that i don't want to say no don't want to defame the police um Good for but you. She said that she was in Melbourne once and it was full daylight and she was waiting for a bus and she turned around and she's like and i saw this like um man like on top of this woman and like they were fighting and so i ran (laughs) no oh god i ran over and i grabbed the back of his shirt and i pulled him and i was like get off her and she's like and it turned out they were having consensual (laughs) yeah i knew it as soon as she She's like, they started laughing. Then I was like, oh, um, okay, carry on, bye. <laughs> you know what? If I was the one having consensual sex in broad daylight in public and I was the woman and yeah. then some other woman ran over and pulled a guy off yeah. without us having consensual sex with, I'd probably still thank her. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would first think it's really funny and then I'd be like, what an icon yes. <laughs> you are. <laughs> Great energy from you. Like literally, like she's just like, I actually like Not ran. even a scope. Not even like a walking over checking, like full on. No, no. Full, full on like I will insert myself into this That's incredible. That is incredible. Yeah, me too. That's, That's a medal. Good for her. Good for her. And also just like really funny story. Yes. With the way that it went. Could have been much worse, obviously. But it, as it is. Very funny. Not so funny story. When I was six, I got on a bus with my grandma and this drunk man got on and sat in front of us. And then he turned around halfway through the bus ride. (laughs) And he said to me, he said to my grandma, 
Your grandchild is so fucking ugly. (laughs) (laughs) That's so mean. My grandma looked at me and like tried to pretend like I didn't hear. Like I just remember her being like, nothing. Like trying to like (laughs) did she say anything to like channel it out? She just sort of gripped my hand, and then the person got off at the next bus stop. Okay. And we we never spoke about it again. And then I didn't tell anyone at all until I was. 19 and my friend thought it was really funny and then i knew i could use it as an anecdote yeah it's a great anecdote <laughs> clearly traumatized you at the time that you like remember it i used so to have clearly. nightmares about the person coming after me but i lived in a different state so it was like a holiday at the time so i was like a far away okay. situation oh god but so you I, did feel threatened by i remember person. later that day we went to get groceries and my grandma left me in the car mm-hmm. and she just went in to get some bread or something and i just remember being like really scared the person was going to come back and find me oh did they say it in a threatening way no, they were just drunk. Okay. <laughs> okay. Don't mean to laugh at your trauma, but that's funny. I was an ugly child. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to make an excuse for them. No, true. They were just being honest. <laughs> I don't think they knew if I was a boy or a girl. Anyway. Young people, uh, like when we were, when I was young, it probably still is a thing now, even though we're kind of like, you know, moving past the whole gender thing, um, being so important. I remember like a lot of the time, like some people were really like shook by the fact that they didn't know if I was a girl or a boy, especially at like scout camps. Cause I used to, like if I had a hat on, like we all wear war bucket hats. But you know what's funny about that is it changes their approach to a conversation with you and yeah. that's why they get shook by exactly. it. Is it like, well, do I now ask how they're liking sports or how they're liking Disney princesses? Like, I know. It's, like, ah, ah. it's just like, just act normal. Just like ask me It doesn't matter. Yeah, something. exactly. I just, just find it so weird that people are so obsessed. Because everything's gendered. Exactly. They just need to know. Must know. Anyway, back to the... They need to know whether to respect you or not. So true, Queen. <laughs> So true. Are these help or don't say anything <laughs> eyes? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I, actually, this is like a biggest joke to us, but like, can you imagine being the woman having her back rubbed in by an MP or senator in yeah. front of another MP? And then I thought you were going to say, can you imagine that happening and then that MP not checking to see if you're okay? I would be so fucking disturbed by that. That's what I mean. Like you saying SOS and that person being like, oh, that's be very quiet. (laughs) 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 It's like you need Morse code. Like fucking hell. You know what? One day. When we're big and famous, cheek media. Mm-hmm. I want that intern to reach out and confirm or deny whether the eyes were. I would love to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's Me too. that's a goal. Me too. Because the thing is, like, obviously we weren't there either. But it's like the point to me is that you didn't follow up. Yes, even if you truly, to like the bottom of your soul, believe that they were don't say anything. Eyes. Also, <laughs> were they eyes that also said, and don't approach me about this? This is what I was going to say. I was like, what if the eyes, like, how do you determine from the eyes how long you shouldn't say anything for? <laughs> like, were her eyes saying, do not say anything for three to six years? Or were her yeah, eyes like, saying anything? The eyebrows did Morse code of like a number. Yeah, her eyes were like, don't say anything for the next four to seven minutes. <laughs> like, this is because, fucked. Because it, it, is, it is very possible that it's like, because like in that position, in that situation, um, you know, uh, the woman, the MP saying something could have actually made things worse, definitely. Mm. But it does not mean then you move on with your life and never think about it again. But you know what? I don't think in any situation any woman would ever raise it at the time. 
No, me like, neither. When when we think of like don't say anything eyes, like truly, I I understand what that like that exists. Yeah, for I am sure. Acknowledged. Yeah. But I I actually don't know anyone in my life, any women, that would make don't say anything eyes and would mean ever. Yeah, literally. I don't know anyone who would be like, literally, please never approach me about this. Like everyone wants to be asked, at the very least approached. Yeah, exactly. Also you can go up to her and be like, oh, you know, like how are you? How's your internship going? Like, is everything okay? Like, you know, if you ever need to talk about anything confidentially, I'm available. Like, you know, it can be a tough place to work. There's so much you can say that's not nothing mm. and to never, never broach it again. Like, I just think such a fucking scam. It's just like um, Linda Reynolds with the whole thing about how she didn't want to breach Brittany Higgins' confidentiality by reporting it. I'm like, there is lots you can do without saying her name, you absolute idiot. Also, I mean, I just find it tough to believe that her primary concern was her confidentiality when she also called her a lying cow. Exactly. That's such bullshit. And see, like, here we are, productively, I believe, critiquing women that we think have done the wrong thing. Because our critique isn't based on the fact that they're a woman. Exactly. And it's funny you should say that because I want to bring up, and I didn't, I wasn't actually going to bring that, this up because I think it's just so, like, p- fucking pathetic. But there is this article. <laughs> this is the one that you sent me. Oh, I don't even know what you're talking about. Um... Okay, I will. Okay, so I don't really want to bring attention to it, but like it's on the Australian, so it's behind a paywall anyway. So, Hannah oh, found this article written by a conservative MP about Nicole Flint. Oh, written by Nicole Flint about the show Misrepresented that we were talking about earlier, and it is called. It is entitled "Crabs ABC Show Blatantly Misrepresents Conservatives," honey, because it's misrepresented, and so. Hannah was like, can you access this article for me? Because I have some PR tools that allow you to. Oh, yeah, we can. <laughs> Public relations? <laughs> Kristen Bersonotto. <laughs> when you think of PR, you think of KP. Anyway, so I like, I just wanted people, I only said that so people know that I don't pay for the Australian. Um, so anyway, I looked at it, I found it, and it was such a fucking pathetic article. Like, um, cause Hannah was like, oh, can you get it for me? Cause I want to like properly critique it, like and read it. And I sent it to her and I was like, honestly, it's not even worth critiquing. Cause it is so pathetic <laughs> because it was just like, it was basically like her standing up for the likes of Tony Abbott and saying that they like weren't sexist and that Annabelle Crabb is like, um, attacking men and like actually is not being a feminist. And she like this woman, Nicole Flint is actually a feminist and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, actually, because she said that if you're such a feminist, why are you critiquing other women? Like that was her, like one of the points that she made. Mm-hmm. And don't find the article. It's pathetic. Um, I'll say that again. <laughs> no clicks. I honestly cannot think of a better word for it than pathetic. pathetic. Um, and I was like, being a feminist is not about blindly supporting other women in whatever endeavor they choose to follow. That's like one thing that I really took away from the article is because she, Nicole said that Annabelle Crabb, by pr- critiquing Tony Abbott, was actually sexist because Tony Abbott did so much for women, which first of all, like, I'd like to see the receipts for that because <laughs> <laughs> that's the most like ludicrous claim I've ever heard in my whole entire life. But said that, that's what her, that was her argument. She's actually a sexist. 
for that. You're giving me some serious eyes. What are they saying? Are they saying Fuck stay this. silent? <laughs> They're saying I'm not finished. They're saying I'm not done, Hannah. I will be done in one and a half minutes. But like I just – that was like one of the things that I was thinking about when we decided to do this podcast. There are plenty of ways to productively critique women and one of them is not to call them sexist, first of all. Mm. But, like, you can't just – I don't Being a feminist is not blindly supporting anything that a woman says. That's actually detrimental to feminism. Yes. It goes against the values of feminism. Exactly. If you found us just totally relatable and quirky, come back next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, head to cheekmedia.com.au to tide you over until then. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>